0: A week away from Christmas <clears throat> and a week away from the new year. I cannot wait for what the Lord wants to do in this coming year. And I, I believe we received a prophetic word from one of our family members this morning and we'll, we'll get to that, but I think it plays into what the Lord wants us to do uh, in the new year. You know, we're not the only ones as pastors on the stage that are given gifts. You all are given spiritual gifts. You know that, right? Please don't be afraid at any time. If you feel like the Lord has a word to come down front, this is why we sit right here as pastors. There's a reason why we sit together as pastors. So you can bring a word from the Lord to us, and we'll discern with you what that is word that you believe that you receive from the word, uh, or what you receive from the Lord. This is the reason why I've asked our pastors to always sit right here. So if you ever at any moment feel like that, please, either myself or Pastor Brandon or Pastor Josh, will sit right there. Sound good? Because the Lord uses you too, doesn't he? He doesn't just use us, he uses you. And we love hearing from you. We enter into Advent, the last Sunday, if you will, of our Advent season. We talked about a little bit about what Advent meant in the very first week, but this is a, a season where we slow down a little bit. Our messages and our Sunday mornings have looked a little bit different. We've added a little moments of reflection in there as well. And so this Sunday is not going to look any different than the previous Sundays, where you're going to have Advent reading where someone, Pastor Karen and her granddaughter will come up and light the candle and do a reading for us, as well as having times of a posture of reflection to the Lord. I just want to bring a reminder that what Advent means, it's from the Latin word eventus, which means coming. This idea that you and I have the entire scripture, we know that Jesus came and will come again. Whenever that is, whether it's in our lifetime or centuries to come, Jesus' promises is I will be back. To understand where we're going today, I need to take us back to the beginning to take us back to where the Trinitarian God existed in this perfect relationship that was united by love and holiness. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit dwelling together in this incredible, harmonious state of love. And it was out of that love that god has spoke this beautiful creation that god desired to share his love with creation and he speaks everything into creation and then he starts to fill it all and he fills it with beautiful sun and ocean he fills it with incredible stars in the sky that is breathtaking He fills it with land animals and sea creatures and the the creatures of the sky that are stunning. He fills it with vegetation and trees that actually bear fruit that can be eaten. And he looks at that and he calls his creation good. Oh, my creation is good. And out of that love, he's creating. But something special was going to come the pinnacle of all his creation, it was humanity. And he called it very good because humanity was to reflect the image of God. It was to know God and make God known. It was to be in perfect love relationship with this God. Adam and Eve existed in the perfect garden of Eden, walking with God daily, without sin in perfection. It was heaven on earth. But one day, that perfection, that shalom shattered. The serpent in the garden With its deceptive ideas and lies. Tripped them up. See the serpent with his deceptive ideas and lies. Was telling Adam and Eve. God's holding back on you. That tree in the middle of the garden. That God says. you, You can have it all here with me. Just don't eat from that. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. He says oh God's holding back. You know what would happen if you would eat it? You would be just like God. And Adam and Eve's eyes began to wander. And they took of the fruit, they ate it, and their eyes were open to something. They weren't open to the deceitful idea that the serpent brought. It was open to something greater, tragedy. It was open to the reality that now sin has entered into the world and there is now a broken relationship with their creator. And for the first time, they felt shame. For the very first time, and out of God's love, he banishes them out of the Garden of Eden. Sin separated now them from their creator. Sin does not separate them from God's love. No, God, sin separated them from the presence of God. But it did not separate them from the heart of God that loved them still. In the midst of their brokenness. And God had a plan to redeem that brokenness back. My son will come one day and renew all things. My son will come one day and die a horrible death to redeem the brokenness in the world, to buy back into right relationship with me. And the writers of Ephesians chapter one says this, for he, God, chose us in him, referring to Jesus Christ, before the foundation of the world, to be holy and blameless in love before him. That God says, I have a plan and you are my answer, Jesus. You will come and redeem it. And I've chosen everyone before I even created your coming to save them, to buy them back, to be fully purchased and redeemed from sin. And God says, in my time, My redemptive plan will come through. I will send my son, Jesus. And oh, we're reminded this Christmas season that God's gift was Jesus. But God's gift was the greatest display of love we could ever fathom.
1: is lit and lit. You got me. It's lit to symbolize love. We all crave the depth and meaning found in being truly loved. We search for it in many ways and in many things, but only one can love us in the way we were purposefully and intentionally created to be loved. 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you, Catherine. Love originates in God himself. He created the world as an overflow of his love, and he created mankind to live and dwell with him. Though mankind rebelled and rejected God, his love remained steadfast. His love was sheerly dependent on his faithful character. Sin separates us from God, but in love, God offers salvation through his son, Jesus Christ, to restore our relationship with him. God so loved us that he made his love visible to us through the incarnation of his son, Jesus Christ, and he made his love manifest among us through his life, his death, and his resurrection. The Advent season leads us to marvel at the matchless love of Christ. No one can ever love us the way that God can, and there's no greater display of love than God sending his son to save us from our sins. May our hearts rest secure in his sacrificial and unconditional love, and may we be compelled to share his love with the whole world. Let's take a posture of prayer. Heavenly Father, what sacrificial love you have shown us through the light of your Son, Jesus Christ. You made a promise from the very beginning to bring redemption, and we praise you, Lord, for being a promise keeper. We praise you for your faithfulness. We praise you for your steadfast love that has carried through all the ages. From being enthroned in the heavenly realms to an infant cradled in a feeding trough, we thank you, Lord, for humbling yourself to become like us. You came near to us so we could draw near to you. Perfection was necessary to bring us close to you, but we know because of our sin we could never meet that standard. So, Father, you sent your beloved son to live a perfect life and die a perfect death so that he could take on our sin and give us his righteousness. There is no greater love than that of a man who lays down his life for his friends, and you have shown us that love. We are truly undeserving of such a gift. We praise you for loving us in such a way. We pray, Lord, that you would bring us to the sobering recognition of the gift you have given us through salvation in Jesus Christ. Through repentance and faith in him, you have given us your love for eternity. We pray that your love would change us and shape us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. We pray that it would humble us and cultivate kindness and generosity toward others. Lord, help us to think of tangible ways. To show your love to others this season we pray you would continue to fill our hearts and minds with the truth of your astounding love for us and may it bring purpose and intention to this holy season in jesus name we pray amen
0: You are the object of God's love. You are the object of God's love. Do you believe that? See, for the God's people, the Hebrew people that would eventually become the Israelites when they eventually build the kingdom of Israel in the land of Israel today, they were God's chosen people. But God had a promise through his people that my redeemer, my son will come from you and he will redeem all things and restore the kingdom of God. The issue with the Hebrew people that we find in the Older Testament is this. They would obey God. They would trust God. But there would be moments that they rebelled against God. That they would stray and reject God. And then they began to worship the little G-gods of the land that they would eventually enter. The promised land. The land of Canaan. And God warned them, when you get there, don't bow down and worship to these pagan gods. They will take you away from worshiping me. For the first commandment is, I am the Lord your God. You shall not have any idols. I am your God. And God goes on to say, I am a jealous God. I'm the one who rescued you out of slavery. Don't forget that. And the nation of Israel tripped up again and again by worshiping these idols, by straying away from God's commandment and doing their own thing. We're not much different, are we? So you and I may not be worshiping these pagan gods. Or at least it doesn't seem like it. But we do. We worship the idol, the pagan god of success. Do anything and everything to look successful to be successful. Successful. We'll worship the God of money. We'll worship the God of our kids. The God of gossip. You name it. And we worship the God of self. I'll go my own way. Do my own thing. Let me ask you a question. Just like the Hebrew people. In what ways do you find yourself responding like Israel? straying, rebelling, disobeying, and even worshiping idols of this world. Where do you find yourself? Here's a beautiful statement of who our God is. Even if you find yourself there this morning, God still loves you. God still loves you. It breaks his heart that we do these things because this is not of God. This is not of God. And it breaks his heart. But you will not ever fall away from the love of God. He loves you no matter what you did last night. He loves you no matter what you did 10 years ago. God's love stays the same. There's nothing you can do to earn it, you just must receive it. He's a heavenly father waiting to say, Come home, I'm here, my greatest gift, Jesus Christ. You celebrate him this season in particular. <laughs> The truth is that if you hear a voice of condemnation or shame, know this, that is from the enemy of your soul and that is not from our Heavenly Father. And you tell that voice, go back to the pit of hell where it came from. Our voice is of the Spirit of God, the presence of God, guiding and directing. Yes, there's conviction with gentleness, but it's strain. it's not condemning. Don't confuse condemnation with conviction. It's a fine line. The Lord says, my sheep know my voice. And that's how you discern, do I know the voice of God or not? He says, my son's here. The greatest gift, even in your brokenness, the greatest gift is here. His name is Jesus. And he loves you. Jesus would stop at nothing to rescue and restore our relationship with him. And even with all the garbage you and I bring to him, he says, let me clean it up. It's not your job. It's my job. And by the way, I've covered it with my blood. You are free, child. Now go walk with the spirit. Go be led by the spirit. Go surrender to the spirit now you're covered by the blood I love what 1 John 4 9 says it says this God's love was revealed among us in this way God sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him he is the greatest gift we can receive is Jesus Christ The one that loves us no matter what we walk through in life. God loves you. Someone needs to hear that this morning. That God is not disappointed. He loves you. You are his son and you are his daughter. And God loves you. Is there things in our lives that go, oh, child, don't do that? Absolutely. But he's there to pick us up in his grace and mercy and set us back on the path that we are to walk And there's an innate desire inside of us to feel loved. To feel something inside of our soul. But know this, the love we so deeply desire can only be found in one name, and his name is Jesus. There's nothing else. This world will try to satisfy your soul, and you may go in for a while and drink whatever the world has to offer, but it will leave you empty and dry, and there's only one true living water, and it's Jesus Christ. He loves you. He loves you. Oh, he loves you this morning. Paul, who used to be called Saul in the New Testament persecuted people who followed Jesus. Jesus, man, he had a moment that he encountered the Lord, changed him, and the Lord would eventually change his name from Saul to Paul. Goes on three missionary journeys that is recorded in the book of Acts for you and I. He goes and stops in Ephesus for three years, and he pens this letter to that city of Christians, Ephesus, that you and I get, the book of Ephesians, and it says this, but God, who is rich in mercy. Rich in what, friends? Aren't you thankful he's rich in mercy? Whew, I'm thankful. Why is he? Because of his great love that he had for us. Why is God rich in mercy? Because he loves you. And that's something to hold on to. I am loved. I am loved. No matter what I've done, I'm loved i'm loved and i'm loved and now he's made me alive in jesus christ even though friends you and i were dead to our trespasses our sins we were dead but listen to this we are saved by grace we are saved by what grace Grace. it's not your earning you can't do anything all you have to do is ask and receive the greatest gift ever on earth is jesus christ All you have to do is ask and receive. You don't clean yourself up to come to Jesus. No, no, no. That's called sanctification. The Holy Spirit will do that for you. Sanctification, it's the the work of the Spirit in your life to make sure that you reflect Jesus. That's what sanctification is. It's a holy living. It's a lifestyle of that way. But there's something inside of us that desires love. And the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, it's the gospel that meets our ache for love. Jesus is the greatest gift. The greatest gift, and it meets our ache for that deep desire to be loved. This morning, you gotta just grasp that, that the Heavenly Father just wants to say one thing. I love you. I love you. There's more for you. But in this moment, I love you. There's gonna be a couple reflection questions on the screen. Sit back and really give yourself to the Lord. I hope you are swallowed up in God's love for you. Because there's nothing like it. He loves you, no matter what you bring into this space. He's calling you. He's calling you back home. He's calling you into more. He's calling you to walk and to be clothed in his love and encounter it. Embrace it. He loves you. Uh, Sometimes God gifts you and has a word and so... Not sure who this is for, but just discerning that uh, Holy Spirit has a message for someone today.
1: Choose choose this day whom you will serve, saith the Lord. Will you serve me or will you serve the world? Submit to the Holy Spirit so that you may walk in all the finished works of Jesus and be a light unto this world. And so that you can stand strong in the days to come as the world is shaken.
0: Thank you. So Holy Spirit, if that is for us, would you just resonate that deep within our soul? Lord, would you only allow your light to shine in on this moment as we reflect on you? Heavenly Father, we have a choice to make. That choice is to surrender and receive everything you have for us. we on the other side and we allow things to hold us back from more of you and from truly experiencing the depths of your love may this Christmas season may we be marked by this moment for in this moment we are choosing to fully surrender to you. To the things that were holding us back from more of you, Holy Spirit, things that are holding us back to truly experiencing the entirety of your love, God. We put that at the feet of Jesus and say, take it away. May we be marked this Christmas season by knowing we open fully the gift of Jesus Christ. May we have that posture ourselves. And as that word was beautifully shared, that we would be your light. Help us to be your light to this world. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to close with this. Jesus is the greatest gift you and I can receive. it doesn't stop there because the truth of Jesus should be the gift we most generously give this Christmas season I realize in a week you know what you and I are gonna do for many of us we will be opening gifts or at least watching other people open gifts perhaps There is nothing more than we could ever give someone than the news of who Jesus Christ is. Amen? May we be a people that fully surrender to you, Holy Spirit, to you, Jesus. And it doesn't stop there. We go shout and speak the name of Jesus over our family, over our friends, over our coworkers, and in our community. This world needs to know that this Christmas season, the Son of God loves them and came to redeem their brokenness. Amen? Come on, church family. Go give the greatest gift. Go give Jesus Christ to someone this season. Church family, will you please stand? And we're going to close with the song, I Speak Jesus. May we speak the name of Jesus in our family. May we speak the name of Jesus in our church. And may we speak the name of Jesus in this community who needs to know who Jesus Christ is. Let's worship.